which is uh, another thing in Hollywood, which uh, the, you know, at one point, like 10 years ago, executives just put out a memo saying, we don't want any more screenplays where people are waking up in bed okay. and, and taking a shower and getting ready. You know, let's just find another way. But I, you know, so I thought, well, I'll, let me just see what happens if she's yeah. in bed and waking up. And, and the fact that she only had uh, half of a leg yeah. um, on her left side just kind of came out. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Yeah. And, um, and then I just kind of decided to go with it. there, my fellow sophisticated creatives. Welcome to JCV Art Studio from the dressing room. My name is Joanna, and today I have from Portland, Maine, multi-published author, playwright, screenwriter, producer, and professor, Jewel Selbo. Jewel's short stories have been published in Alfred Hitchcock Mystery Magazine. Her passion for theater has taken her to New York where her plays were performed off-off-Broadway and Los Angeles, which led to writing gigs, writing for network television, and then major film studios. Jewel, welcome to the dressing room on Vancouver Island. How are you doing? Good. Thank you, Joanna. Thanks for having me. Good, good. So there's a lot I want to ask you about your book, 10 Days. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the action scenes, um, they're exciting. Um, are they scenes you like to write about? And I ask that because I really enjoy writing uh, a chase scene. So I know when I write, if I'm writing an action scene, I'm literally doing gestures in the air. trying. So I'm just, yeah. how about you? How, well, um, you know, I do like writing action scenes. Sometimes when I first start and I'm, you know, writing a rough draft, I might just go, okay, and then this will happen here and it's going to go crazy. And then I, you know, I take a day and I actually like fill it out, polish it, cut it, change it, you know, polish it, cut it. Um, but when I was working in film and television, it was so interesting because, um, um, when I was working on Young Indiana Jones Chronicles with George Lucas, um, there were a lot of action scenes, of course, because Young India is an action hero. Yeah. And I would take so much time, you know, imagining where the chair was, where the table was, where the mountain was, whatever it was that I was doing an action scene around. 
And um, the director and George basically said, you know what, just say mayhem ensues. And, and, and young Indy does this, this, and this, and this, and this, but leave the um, specific directions to us because we don't know what location we're going to be in. Okay. So we have to have our fight coordinator build the fight scene in the location. And so I thought that's so interesting. So I would give little tidbits of what I was hoping would be in the, the location, in the room or the outdoor space. So then when you go to writing novels, you have so much more freedom to actually imagine what props they're going to use or what tables they're going to run into or, or, you know, fall down a hill or something. So it gives you a lot more freedom in a novel. Um, and I also am aware that I want to keep it short and pithy because, um, uh, you know, unless the action scene is pushing the story forward in more ways than just punch, 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 I think the audience is going to get a little, um, they'll start skimming. Yeah. So yeah, I spend a lot of time on the action scenes and um, try to get them so that they're moving the story forward as well as being exciting. That's good. That's good advice. That's good. I'm just moving story forward. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Scribble, scribble, scribble on my paper. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Very good. Okay. So the thing I've noticed we have in common is we write about violence towards women. Um, and I was thinking about it. In 10 days, there's violence and the women, oh, I could, I could think of a hotel scene with the one lady and with Carla. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was wondering why do you, why do you write about, it? I want to hear your answer first before I, I give, well, before I give my answer. Okay. Um, well, um, I, I created D Rommel, um, yeah. my protagonist as a very strong, um, independent woman who has kind of a male um, uh, reaction towards things. She will not take guff. She will strike out. She will, um, even though she's um, um, uh, injured, um, has a permanent injury, she will um, take on uh, anything that's coming at her. But she feels very protective towards her friends. Um, and so she will, and so she will act out for them also. Uh, I created her because I wanted to make a woman who actually reacts more like the typical male in our yeah. life. Um, you know how men can just kind of josh around with each other and criticize each other and tear each other's down. And, and they all think it's kind of fun you know, this is a guy way of dealing with each other. Yeah. And women don't necessarily get, have that in their persona. We tend to get hurt a little bit more if someone criticizes us yeah. or makes fun of us. And so I wanted Dee to push through at the world with that kind of that more of a male reaction. Yeah. And so when um, she herself gets in trouble um, uh, physically and she's being held hostage it's, it was really more in her mind, like, you know, how am I going to get through this? And, um, and who is this 
guy who thinks he can do this to me and that's not going to happen. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of how I'm looking at it. She's, she's protective of men and women who that she cares about and her clients. And at the same time, she's trying to push forward as a real physical force herself. Okay. Great answer. Okay. So now I kind of put myself on the spot here. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Now you have to answer. So I think it's because it's, it's, I like writing action and uh, I think it's also something since being a small child physically, and I I have to be careful because I don't want to get myself in trouble. Some of, I'll use myself as an example. Okay. Um, Physically as built, I know there is no way I am, I'm just going to say it. I am physically the weaker sex compared to a man who is, let's say my husband's size and weight. So it's something from a small child, you know, you just know the physicality that you're not as big, using myself as an example, or as strong. So it's something since you're small, it's kind of in the back of your mind. And I hope this is coming out okay. Um, But I also like showing that I know with my heroine, she gets in a situation where like you, the first opportunity she's fighting back. Okay. Mm -hmm. And when I say first opportunity is because um, her hands end up getting bound, right? Like just tied Mm up. So God, I hope that statement does not get me in trouble. <laughs> right? no, I so. Good. No, I mean, I mean, we have to kind of deal with, with uh, the physicalities that, yeah. you know, the, the diff- difference between most men and most women, um, but, you know, women are getting stronger. They're, 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 um, they're uh, taking care of themselves. They're boxing, yeah. they're doing all this kind of stuff. So we, we do have a chance to um, uh, not be unequal. I don't think we would be equal to most big guys yeah yeah but um but i'd play pickleball okay and, oh um, and um you know the guys will tend to slam the ball yeah. um and uh and and i found and i'm not very good but i'm but i'm working at it i i find that if i if i work on the dink shots the clever shots the getting it to the right place on the on the uh, pickleball court there's a little bit of chance that i can be give those guys a game. Yeah. And um, so, uh, no, I'll never be uh, as, as good as what we call the 5.0 players, but at least I can kind of do a little bit of cleverness in there. Yeah. Yeah. And my heroine, she will fight back. Right. So it's, yeah. Okay. Good, good, good. Okay. Now your dialogue, your dialogue. Um, it to me is real. Um, and I guess it's because it's what a reader relates to. And I always say this word heads up, I'm giving you a heads up. So when I read, you know, your character says like D says, Marvin heads up on a knife. I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like it's real. Um, so this is where I'm, I'm thinking about writing plays, writing screen plays, writing scripts that's influenced 
correct? Yeah, I think yeah. so. And when I was young, I was also doing a lot of acting. Okay. And so as an actor, you kind of get a sense of what falls out of your mouth naturally. Okay. And not, that you're not of course, when you're doing Shakespeare or Ibsen or some of those, you know, uh, uh, you know, the classics, the yeah. older things that that are, are very verbally adept, but in just in in uh, present day plays that are supposed to be natural kitchen yeah. dramas, you kind of find what comes out of your mouth naturally when you're acting. And then when I moved into writing for plays and television and, and movies, I was one time when I was well, one of my first jobs, I was um, uh, on a soap, soap opera, a daytime oh, wow. soap opera. Okay. And um, and the producer kind of took me aside and she said, okay, I know you like ideas. I know you like people to talk about philosophy and stuff like that, but it doesn't, it doesn't belong in this form, not in the soap opera. You know, these people have to be able to just, you know, react to each other very normally, like they're making dinner and they're doing this. And um, so I still try to put ideas and thoughts and stuff in my writing, but I'm also very aware that when the story has to move forward, it's just, let's just get to what this scene is about. Yeah. Use the shortest amount of dialogue that you can. And remember that people, sometimes they do drop pronouns. They yeah. do drop things. They don't make things flowery. Yeah. And um, I, had, I had this discussion actually with my husband um, uh, just the other night about um, wordsmithing you know, there's, there's writers that we read and we go, oh my God, that sentence is like extraordinary. Yeah. And, so, and I said, but you know, when I'm writing D. Ramo, I don't even want that. If I write something that just seems too writerly and wordsmithy, I go, oh, that's got to come out because that's not the genre I'm in. And that's not D. Ramo. I was, yeah. I was just going to say, that's not your character. Yeah. Right. Cool. Okay. Oh, yeah. I, li I like the um, thank you for mentioning that, because I do take a lot of time. I want I want to get, you know, I want people to sound different, each character to sound different. And I want it to sound very natural. And it's it's that's what blows me away with writing is what what can resonate with a, a reader, because I literally I say all the time, heads up. I'm just giving you a heads up about this may come be coming down the pipe, you know, like it, just even my work life. So what? Like I said, when I read that, I thought, yeah, <laughs> that's what people say. <laughs> so, okay. So let's not tease any people anymore. Can you give us an idea of what 10 days is about? Uh, well, Dee Rommel is the protagonist. She's a, a, a policewoman, a cop in Portland, Maine, and she's um, gotten injured on the job. And she um, she's had to have her uh, the uh, bottom half of her left leg uh, removed. And so she's um, has a prosthetic leg. And um, so she's on injured leave, trying to figure out what she wants to do with her life. Does she want to go back on the police force? And if she goes back on the police force, what kind of life will that be? Will she be yeah. stuck in the office? Will she still be able to be out and about? And, um, and then, and her godfather, Gordy, is a private investigator in Portland. And he's, while she's on injured leave, she's been taking care of his books, his, you know, finances and billing clients and answering the phones and just kind of being there. 
Um, her father's deceased, her mother lives in Boston, and she's very successful in what she does. And so Gordy is kind of Dee's family um, in Portland. And um, he's out of town for uh, reasons that I won't divulge. And then um, uh, one of these uh, people that he grew up with in Portland on Munjoy Hill, which is um, a beautiful place. It's where I live, actually, in Portland. Um, but it used to be very rough Italian, Irish section. And um, so someone that he had helped protect when he was younger, Gordy, helped protect this guy, very, very smart um, tech, high tech guy, um, needs help. So Gordy tells Dee that she's got to step in. And she says, no, I'm your bookkeeper. And he said, you've got to do it. And, you know, she needs a new car. She, you know, so she's going to get paid well. So she takes it on. And um, so it's her journey into finding her way back into, as you said, the action world of care, you know, putting herself out there, solving something. She loves puzzles and um, she has to find this guy's daughter. And so that whole high tech world kind of, um, you know, comes to the fore and why they've kidnapped this young woman. And then at the same time, um, one of her friends gets in trouble. Yeah. With a bad boy in town. Yeah. And she's got to take, she's got to bring that bad guy down. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing which is really neat with her is just how she tries to protect her friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So which storyline kind of came first? Because there's like the high tech storyline. And then there's the storyline involving Billy and D. So I'm just. Yeah, um, I think that the um, the high tech thing came first and um, I really wanted to make it not about exactly the high tech, what it is, but just about the people who were involved and the level of of people who are after them in a certain way because of the skills that they have in high tech. So there is a there is some specifics in what the high tech secret is, but um, it's more about the people and how exposed they are because of their wealth, uh, because of their visibility. Um, and um, so that one came first, but then um, the Carla story came pretty much after, because I also wanted, um, D to be dealing with her friends. Yeah. And, and Carla is just a woman that, you know, we all know she's just exuberant. She thinks life can never hurt her. Yeah. She, you know, she doesn't want to be told what to do. And um, there's just really handsome bad guy in town that she just can't get over. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Okay. So any challenges writing 10 days um which i know this is going to sound like a silly question given you have and i am very i'm interested very interested in this book you wrote a book titled screenplay building story through character now i have i've i can't remember if i read it or if i heard it but i remember hearing that if an author is having difficulties with the story the author should turn back and look at her characters, okay? Mm-hmm. Like look at their motives and let the characters tell the story. Yeah. 
So did you have any challenges? And I guess I'm, I'm asking you two questions here. Um, like, do you believe any difficulties in writing have a direct link to the characters? Oh, yes. Oh, definitely. Okay. Um, you know, when you think of your favorite movies, you rarely think of the plot. You're thinking about the character and the and what they went through and how they reacted and how did they grow and did they win? Did they lose? Did they was it a tragedy or a comedy? And but that all has to do with their life and the journey that they're on. So um, yeah, I mean, I totally believe that story is character, character is story. And so you, um, the character, I always love to think of it as a a line, you know, I just draw a long line on a big piece of paper and I go, this is where D is at the very beginning of the story. And this is where D is going to be at the end. And because it's a series, obviously I didn't want it all neatly tied up, but that it's going to go on. But um, I don't know, for me, I don't know how to separate them because if it's all plot, um, it's uh, it's not interesting to me, and I want to write something that I'm interested in. Um, I always I tell my students a lot, um, you know, because they want to start a sci-fi action movie or something like that with a big um, chase scene or a big explosion or something like that. And I go, but the audience is not going to care unless they know who's involved in that chase or that explosion. So um, you can do it, but it could probably end up on the editing room floor. Or the audience is just kind of going, okay, when's the story going to start? Because, yeah, I've seen a lot of action explosions and bombs and stuff like that. But what I came here to do is see my favorite actor play this role or a, a, a actor play something and me getting involved in the character. Yeah. Cool. That's so true. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I'm just thinking, yeah. Okay. And I'm also, you make me feel good because I do the same thing. I will have a piece old school. I don't have any high tech program. I'll grab a piece of paper. See, I'm, I'm getting thoughts together for the next book. And I spoke with my critique partner yesterday. I said, I've got this scene in my head and I've got to get it written down. Just write it down. And, and this scene over here, which I'm thinking about. And that's how I think of it. And I do that line where I start where I'm going to end and I may not know what that ending may be even you know yeah so cool okay yeah you you don't you sometimes you don't need to know the scene or a lot of times you don't know the scene but you kind of have in your head the state of being that the character is going to be in at the end yeah okay so I read your guest post you did now it's Nicole Melanson's website, Word Mothers. Yeah, that's a great site. Oh, your article was female investigator versus male investigator, male investigator. Great article. And I know in my series, okay, my heroine, Jade, she will never get married. Okay. Um, She may have a few guys pop in and out of her life. Um, her sister Sage is bi and she is in a steady relationship with someone. And for me, Jade exemplifies independence. And 
I want, and I'm thinking about what you said earlier, how you're, you're portraying D and I want to portray Jade as being a woman who can have her own career, solve crimes. And I almost want her to be the female version of James Bond. Okay. Oh, that's, cool. yeah. that's what I want. She will never get married. Okay. Now, having said that, how do you want D Rom- Rommel? Am I saying that right? Rommel? Rommel. Rommel. Okay. To come across in your book, having read your article. Well, um, I want her to come off as independent, yeah. strong, smart. She's able to understand people um, and kind of, or at least dig into people's real reasons for doing what they're doing yeah. um, and understand that some people are just, um, they don't have empathy. They don't have sympathy. It's just all what they want. Yeah. Uh, I find the the most intriguing villains. No, I don't know if they're the most intriguing. Um, you know, the, that whole thing about id, um, uh, ego and super ego. The id is I want what I want when I want it and I'm going <laughs> to get it. And the ego is I want what I want, but I care what people think about me. So maybe I won't do that terrible thing. And then super ego is I want what I want, but is it the right thing to do? Is it a moral thing to do? So I want, uh, you know, so sometimes I think villains can be all id and and you just want to punch them and you want to go, how can you be that way? And that makes them interesting. But sometimes maybe that the, the middle ego of the person who says, I want what I want, but I care what people think about me, but I'm still putting myself first um, is interesting. Also like Leon Wolf in the D Rommel thing. I think he's in that middle yeah. Um, but anyway, and then Billy is all id. Yeah. Billy, Billy is just like, you know, yeah. I'm I, not a great person. Yeah. Um, so I want um, D to be able to kind of differentiate, differentiate. Um, she's educated. She's been to college. She's gone to the police academy. Um, she is not into psychology. She's not into any of those let's understand ourselves or others, but she has an innate ability to do that. But I think that for me, she also needs close friends. They make a big difference to her um, in her life. Um, Gordy is important. Her mom is important, even though they have a very, kind of a, they don't, they're not the, they don't seem like mother and daughter. They're so different. I love that though. I have to tell you, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, um, but so, but she, so she cares about them. And I think that, um, I think she should be great in a real good, solid relationship, but she has such a chip on her shoulder and so many things um, that are shielding her from being able to be open to it and vulnerable um, and that's what the series, because I'm planning to do 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. And um, so hopefully by one, <laughs> she'll have gotten to some some nice place. We'll see. Excellent. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> I, thought, I hope this isn't a standalone. <laughs> okay. I do. I like, I really do like her. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Now. Your writing, your descriptions, they made me laugh out loud. Um, 
on page five, you write, <laughs> you write, you have a real chin. Mine looks like a marshmallow attached to a jaw. Like that, that made me laugh. Okay. And uh, also your character D, she has a prosthetic. And um, the last character I remember seeing needing a physical aid was Ironside. Okay. I am dating myself. Okay. I may have been we, a wee child. I keep saying that wee yeah. child. Okay. Um, he had a wheelchair. And it was the actor Raymond Burr, and he played a new. I'm just saying this for uh, I my believe it or not, my audience, 50% of them, are in the 25 to 34 age range. So that's why I'm yeah, it's 50% of my audience. Okay, so he Raymond Burr played a New York detective who was paralyzed from the waist down. Now, from the second paragraph in your chapter one of your book. We, we learn about D needing a prosthetic. And is it all right if I read this, this, this paragraph? Sure. Okay. Okay. So Bert, Bert's her, the, the, the dog, right? And Bert, okay. Bert bounds off the bed and lands on his four good legs, sniffs around the bedroom. My open cuff crutches rest against the folded up wheelchair. My vacuum system, shock absorbing, light good prosthesis is on the top of my dresser my peg leg tossed on a chair I'm aware my bedroom looks like that of a woman who can't make up her mind but it's not the what to wear dilemma it's the how will I travel today question and I that's so good okay <laughs> and um what made you decide like this, I liked, now we know, I'm not giving it, I don't want to say why D has this, but it's almost like you gave a fresh take on a character. That's what I like. I liked about this. Okay. Um, so what made you decide that your heroine D would need a, a prosthetic? A prosthetic? Thank you. Um, I'm halfway um, through my coffee. Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it, it's interesting because I can't remember making that uh, decision in an intellectual way. Okay. I, I started, I, I had, you know, written some other novels and crime mystery has always been my favorite genre. It's my go-to reading. Yeah. Um, and um, uh I knew I wanted to tackle it one day because, as you know, they're not easy. No, no. <laughs> and um, and I wanted to do a series, and so I just thought, okay, let me see who this character is. Yeah. And I knew I wanted it to take place in Portland, and that was all basically all I knew. And um, so I just started writing, and it just that that beginning scene where she was waking up, um, which is uh, another thing in Hollywood, which uh, the you know. At one point, like 10 years ago, executives just put out a memo saying, we don't want any more screenplays where people are waking up in bed okay. and, and taking a shower and getting ready. You know, let's just find another way. But, I, you know, so I thought, well, I'll, let me just see what happens if she's yeah. in bed and waking up. And, and the fact that she only had uh, half of a leg yeah. um, on her left side just kind of came out. And I thought, well, this is interesting. Yeah. And, um, and then I just kind of decided to go with it. 
And so I just had an amazing um, chance to research in this area and talk to people. And I've met some wonderful people that have, you know, checked my science and my all that stuff. And um, for me, it's, um, you know, you always want your characters to have some flaw. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew she was going to be a tough cookie. Yeah. Because those are the really fun people to write. Yeah. But um, I just thought, look, when this kind of came out, I thought, okay, so this is a major thing that she's dealing with, yeah. along with the mystery of the book. Yeah, this yeah. is Dee's thing that she's going to, because um, it's it's pretty recent, and so yeah. she's got a journey to get to the point where um, uh, she feels okay about her life and everything that surrounds it uh, in relation to her leg. Well. And also, kudos to you, how this is written. It's, it's, you, you don't lose the rhythm. Like, like you, how you explain how she gets it all on. It's, it's quick. It's like you said, it, it's quick. It's not drawn out. It's, it's very, yeah, very good. Very good. And it, like I said, it was just. I don't, it was nice to read that there are, not everybody's perfect, like in the sense of we have 10 fingers, 10 toes. So it was just, and like I say, my mom, she had to have an amputation just above her knee. And it was later on in her life. So because of her small frame, um, she didn't have a prosthetic like D. She had to be in a wheelchair. what played into fact was her age and this they originally she was to be sized for one but they just said her frame she would not be able to age and frame and her size she would not be able to it would be very hard for her to maneuver right having having this yeah i mean everybody uh um you know everyone's body is different and everyone uh is um uh able to use different things um in uh in different ways and there's a guy now at mit that is so fascinating um and he lost um both of his legs um i i'm not quite sure if it's below or above the knee but um in a climbing accident okay and he's a brilliant guy and so he has been working really hard on um on doing um, myoelectrics, which is something that the Hogan in my book is yeah. working on, um, so that the uh, um, the brain can still be connected in a way to actually activate the prosthesis. Okay. So there's, it's just fascinating stuff that's going on, and um, so uh, yeah, it, it's 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 moving forward so quickly, and this guy still climbs mountain climbs. Jeez, whiz. And what he's done is he's made a, a foot yeah. to put on the end of his um, uh, uh, prosthetic leg that can go into the crevices in the mountains yeah. so that he can actually climb in some ways better than when he could before. Jeez. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I'm thinking 
I, I have all these ideas sometimes, too many <laughs> ideas. Okay. So I, at one point I thought I would write a screenplay. Okay. Now I think a screenplay, and I'll say this as a totally different beast from writing a novel. Okay. And I attempted a screenplay and it's, it just, mm, mm, <laughs> it just didn't work. Okay. So I like writing my novels. I like the emotion. I like the motivations. Okay. Do you prefer one over the other? And they're two very different formats. So, and I also wonder how do you switch from writing a screenplay to writing a novel is, yeah. Oh, well, I did the screenplay um, uh, for, you know, 20 some years. Um, yeah. So it's very natural to me. Okay. Um, and I found it very, um, uh, just a lovely form okay. because you can do exterior, schoolhouse, right. red brick, falling down at the edges. That's all you need. That's all the location manager wants. That's all the director needs. Um, whereas in novels, you have you tend to go, okay, I need to describe this for the reader so that it really is fleshed out. Yeah. So there's um, sometimes like working this morning on nine days, which will, I'm about halfway, a little bit more than halfway done with. Um, I was like, okay, they're moving to this location. And I just did it. I just did exterior, you know, hospital. And then I knew that now I'm going to have to go back and describe what kind of hospital and all that kind of stuff. Knowing that, okay, this is going to take me probably at least half a day to figure write a paragraph to really get the, across what I want to do. Whereas okay. in screenwriting, it can go faster. Not that writing screenplays goes faster in a way because it's all visual the story has to in most cases should just move bam 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 yeah um and um and the economy of language the economy of what visual you choose so uh, uh everything takes me nine months to a year even yeah. though if i know the story so it doesn't matter if it's a screenplay or novel, or if I know the story, if I know the characters, it still takes me that long. And I still can't figure out why. Okay. I want to go faster. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I'm glad to hear that you're going from 10 to one. <laughs> that means I'm having you 10, if you, if you're up to it, 10 more times on my podcast. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so, yeah. So I, but I think some stories are better in plays. Some stories are better in screenplays and some stories need to be told in a novel. Okay. And then I, the first adaptation uh, uh, assignment that I had at Paramount Pictures was taking someone's novel, Rachel Ingalls, who I think is a wonderful writer. She wrote a book called Mrs. Caliban okay. and it was an interior monologue. <gasps> and um, so we, you know, it was, they hired me to adapt it. And so I, as a screenwriter, I had to create all the other characters and bring them to life and create locations and stuff like that because you can't in a screen on the screen you can't just have someone sitting thinking or remembering um, unless you until you kind of go into their life and so uh, but it uh, you know it was a lovely fabulous novel yeah um, and the movie never got made um, I don't think it's because of my screenplay it you know executives yeah. change the head of the studio was replaced with someone else and projects who are stuck in something like that usually tend to fall away 
but that screenplay got me a lot of other work in yeah. town. So it, it was, it was a challenge. It was fun. But the beauty of Rachel's work as an interior monologue, as a novel, was extraordinary. Okay. Well, I'm just writing down now how you said exterior, you know, hospital. And uh, I'm, going to, I'm going to use that practice, okay? <laughs> it was just with my own writing. So, because you, you get into the, the flow of things and you just may not at that time be in the, I, for myself, I'm just speaking for myself, mm -hmm be in the right headspace to do that description of yeah. the outside of a hospital. So awesome. Okay. 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 So out of all your work, including novels, um, your text, and I'm, I'm definitely getting this book screen, screenplay building story through character. Um, like it's your website is so cool. Okay. And, you know, like you said, you have young Indiana Jones chronicles HBO, Women Behind Bars, um, Tales from the Dark Side, Monsters, Disney's Hunchback of the Notre Dame, Part Deux, or Deux Cinderella 2, um, and Aaron Spelling's Melrose Place. And like I said, the list goes on. And is there one piece of work, now you may have already answered this a bit, stand out above the rest because of the fulfillment you experienced like you just mentioned this just this one where you took this book which was all interior monologue yeah like, is there any particular I'm not saying I'm wanting you to rate any of the projects you've you've worked on but it was there anyone that just even you got so much more out of it well I think probably um young Indiana Jones Chronicles because I'm pretty much of a nerd I love research I love history um, and that, and I've written um, two historical fiction books and this book, um, Find Me in Florence, um, yeah. is a woman's lit book, um, kind of a romance, takes place in Florence, lots of food, um, but she's going back in time to discover what um, happened to her mother in 1966 when the Arno flooded and her mother was a mud angel and mud angels came from all over the world for this catastrophic flood that was went into the Uffizi and the Bibliotheca Nationale and, and Raphael's work and Michelangelo's work and Cellini's work. Everybody's work was in danger. And they each person who arrived was given a pair of rubber boots and said, dig into the mud and the muck and help us retrieve this stuff and we can try to preserve it. Anyway, so that has a lot of history in it too. So I think um, because George Lucas loves history too and he was determined that um, this was going to be an educational series as well as an adventure series so most of the characters in that in each episode were real people okay um, um i wrote one where he meets puccini uh young indy um where and i did one where he meets Branislav malinowski who was the first anthropologist ever yeah. um and um so it was a mesh of adventure, education, and writing, and history, yeah. uh, just kind of like everything that I love. Yeah. So I think I would always go to that. We did it, I did it for four years, and um, we just had the best time. Awesome. Um, and then, uh, so yeah, I guess I would do that because I've found now that I real, I kind of know 
what my strengths are and what my interests are and what keeps me waking up every morning wanting to work. And it's that combination of research, finding out new things, and then putting my character inside it. Oh, neat. Neat. Okay, cool. Okay. Now, my last favorite question. Oh, no. <laughs> I read this one. You know what's coming. <laughs> okay. So um, you're sitting in a cafe and Dee Rommel comes up to you. What would she say? Well, my tendency is to kind of I put myself in some of the little cafes here in Portland that I go to in the afternoon to um, to work and polish up stuff. Yeah. And um, she would either say, what kind of beer are you drinking? Or <laughs> she would go, how are the fries? Yeah. Um, if uh, if she was my friend, um, you know, uh, you know, she would probably ask me, you know. Am I going to go to the concert? Am I going to go? do what am I going to do um she's a very normal person yeah. who's just determined justice is a huge thing for her if I was there and she knew I needed help she'd probably sit down and go what can I do so. yeah good answer good 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 <laughs> that's great so Jewel is there anything else you'd like to add that I haven't covered Oh gosh, this has been so much fun. Oh, I, can't, I can't even imagine what, oh, <laughs> what else you would talk about. I know we had, my life kind of went a little bit crazy there with um, move. Um, my spouse had a, a very serious health scare and I know we, we had gone back and forth. So I'm glad with scheduling. Yeah. So I'm glad this, we, this worked right. So, but yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. But I will, I will have your socials listed. Um, is I know if I will be listing your website. Is there any other social media you're on that I could list? Um, well, I'm on Instagram. I'm on uh, Facebook and Twitter. Um, the uh, the website, you know, people can actually you know contact me, and um, and I can get back in touch with them. Um, and I'd love to hear what people think about the book. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah, I'll hold the book up again. Yes, please. It's good. It's and I love the cover. Yeah. Oh, I, you probably can't. I don't know if you can give this away. So because I like book design. So are you going to keep with that cover with the series? Um, like I'm, a, I'm hoping so. Yeah. Um, you know, Panda Moon has, you know, a lot of input. They're the publisher and, and they're great with covers. Um, but yeah, I I would I would think, you know, we'll see what they say. But um, yeah, good, good. Okay, Jewel, we made it work. <laughs> yes, thank you, Joanna. Okay. Thank you. It was so nice to meet you and talk with you. That's great. <laughs>